This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta. Online at AudiAugusta.com. Jeff Shackelford's newsletter is called the Quadrilateral News from the Majors. It is a home game for Jeff this week as the PGA Tour is in Los Angeles. Pleasure to welcome Jeff Shackelford back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing great, John. It's almost a major this week. We have all the world top ten in a, in a great field here at a former major championship venue. So it's it's almost when, major-like. When, when, does it get an, <laughs> when does it get another major? When does Riviera get another major? Oh, I think it, those days are over. I mean, they have a U.S. Women's Open, so they do have that major coming. It was just announced in 2026. But in terms of, um, you know, it has the annual event here. It, uh, you know, has the Olympics in 28 coming to Riviera. So I just, I don't see it rejoining the men's major schedule. The PGA of America didn't have great experiences here, and I think they still haven't forgotten that, although it's a different time now in sports ticket sales and all that kind of thing. And May is a different time than August. So, uh, and the USGA is, of course, going to LA Country Club in 2023. So, I think uh, we see Riviera enough, though. And it's it's this has really become an incredible tour event. You know, the, the adding Tiger um, and, a, and, a, and a great sponsor with Genesis. It's just been it just it's an interesting kind of combination of things. And and then down to little stuff like the the greens are just beautiful right now. The Poa greens, as you know can be a real annoyance to tour players and the mm-hmm. reputation of the place has changed so uh, I think this is a pretty great thing to have it here uh, annually and there's plenty of great other places to host majors I had the pleasure about 30 years ago of playing out there and and you know that was Jeff that was before I ever saw the front side on television um, and I and I fell in love with the front side I love the golf course tell me tell me why you love Rivy well, it's, uh, of course, hard not to get caught up in the history and uh, the setting uh, in this canyon, um, but it is also kind of hard to believe it was once a, sort of this dry riverbed that's been converted. And, um, you know, it's just uh, a golf course that rewards good shots and asks you to do a little bit of everything, although the way the guys hit it today, they don't have to shape the ball, and they really don't shape the ball like they used to, but that's what Ben Hogan was so drawn to here. Um, that you you really had to to uh, kind of visualize a shot and shape it and work it and you get the afternoon wind so you, you just get tested in kind of every way imaginable and for a player who embraces that and the, and the great ones do it's it's just a, a joy to play because it rewards um, a, a certain level a certain combination of of skill and and, uh, and a, a great mind and a great brain and. Uh, even with the changes in the game and hitting <laughs> wedges and nine irons in the 18th hole, um, a lot of those factors are still very much uh, rewarded here. Why do we seem to like the older courses more? Um, they're not as overbuilt. Although you know, it's funny. Riviera was a, not a great site, and um, they they had to do a lot of work to make some of these green sites work. You know, when people watch the 18th green. That was originally a canyon, and it's all filled in. But the architects then, they just they didn't overmound things, and um, the, the, the greens are, are subtle. They're not overdone. And it's just a lovely walk-in-the-park feel to it. You could you can bring a bad golfer out here, and they, they can get around and not be totally humiliated. Um, and then the best players in the world can play it. And that says a lot about a golf course when it can be difficult without – uh, wearing you down and, and making you never want to come back. 
We're talking with Jeff Shackelford here on the Augusta Golf Show. For some reason, I even remember the name of my caddy out there. His name was Kevin. Wow. And I'll tell you why I remember him. We're on the 10th tee, and, and, and Kevin says, whatever you do, don't hit it right. Well, yeah. And as no, <laughs> it, it, no sooner does it leave the tee, Jeff, than Kevin says to me, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't listen, John. No, you could bail out left all day long. T- tell me, tell me about the beauty and the and the dastardly beauty of the tenth hole. Yeah, well, it's it's um, a strange hole now because it's essentially a par three for the for mm-hmm. the guys. They all try to drive it. They don't, and a lot of them can hit three wood, and um, it, it, they never lengthened it um, for for various reasons. And it's still fascinating to watch, though. You know, if you go on to PJ Tour Live, I think they're going to have a, a big part of the featured hole coverage. And it's you just every group that comes through, something interesting happens because it's a tiny green, it's a sloped green. You 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 still want to come in from certain places to it, and there's certain places you just can't go. And and that's a rarity in in architecture and holes today, with as high as the guys hit it and the way they control the ball. So it's. 315 yards. I think it should be about 330 now for today's game, but mm. it um, it still is uh, a hole that requires some some precision and and uh, kind of gets in their head a little bit sometimes. But it's also a hole where you, you birdie it, you birdie the 11th, and and you can really turn around around. And we've seen that in the tournament here so many times, and it it just comes at a perfect spot and. And it's just dead flat, which is also fascinating. You know, not many of the great holes are on just dead flat ground, and yet George Thomas uh, created something really interesting, and it's uh, kind of held up through the years <laughs> for the most part. We had we had seventeen in Phoenix last week, and we've got the t- what makes what makes a great drivable par four. Uh, well, you have to make a decision, a risk reward decision, and you know uh, uh, it, it will. Uh, the best ones lure you into something maybe you don't want to do. Um, they uh, reward sometimes a more conservative play, depending on the whole location. You know, they just um, they've they've kind of taken over for the short par five in golf as the the place where does does the player do it or not kind of uh, question. And we just have so few of those holes left, you know, like 13 at Augusta. There's not a whole lot of doubt about what you're going to do if you hit the fairway because of the way the guys, um, how far they hit the ball and how far they hit their their irons. And uh, so the par fours have, have really taken that on. You saw it at Phoenix with um, Pepperdine's great uh, Sahith Sagala, and, and he, hit, he shot a perfect shot. He still thought he hit a perfect shot. I saw him on Monday, and it took one bad bounce and went in the water, and that's the risk you take, and it it, it cost him the tournament, and um, and he he knew that was a risk, and it's the kind of thing that will will haunt him and annoy him, but that's sort of the beauty and magic of those holes. What's your favorite hole out there? At Riviera, you know, well, I mean, I I park on the tenth hole and. <laughs> We'll do that uh, for the final two days, uh, at least for the, the leading groups. And, um, you know, I love the, the, the fourth hole is a long par three. You know, long par threes aren't my favorite, and I don't think most people really like them. But George Thomas created great long par threes. And the fourth was Ben Hogan's, uh, well, Ben Hogan called the greatest in America. I'm not, I thought that was a little strong, but <laughs> it's, it's really fun. And it, it, for a long par three, even if you're hitting wood, it's, you, you, you have a chance to feed the ball in or you can play it directly to the hole and 
Um, those are the kinds of options again that are just they're just fun for a lot of different levels of player, and um, it's uh, it's beautiful to look at too. It's got a big, huge, beautiful bunker, and um, and uh, you, you you have to factor in a little bit of the beauty factor too. You know, it was 30 years ago, but correct me if I'm wrong in a couple of things, Jeff. Let me, first of all, we don't know this because they don't play it that way. But doesn't the whole doesn't the course for members begin with two par fives? Uh, they finally changed, uh, and I was a part of that, the second hole to, to a par four. But okay. yeah, for years it was a par five, and uh, George Thomas, though, originally his concept, he did it at all of his courses. He loved um, a very playable, fun par five to start to, to for speed of play and just, just kind of common sense. People, that's the way they like to play the game. And then, he, and then he would really stick it to you with a hard par four. And so they got away from that, and they put that back. But, okay. Uh, that is the concept to have those long holes to start for, for pace of play, and just that was just kind of his thing. You know, I, the reason I brought it up was I think when I played there, they were, they were playing it as a par four, and I couldn't believe at the time that it was a par four. And, and, the, well, and the, the other thing was that, and again, correct me, I seem, and I'm a, I'm a seven handicap playing from a different tee, but I seem to remember 18 being more straight than I ever thought it was. That might be uh, the look of TV. It's always had a, a little bit of a bend, and that little bit of bend is, of course, kind of the genius of the tee shot. It's a it's a blind tee shot, um, and if if you if you don't factor in that bend or mm-hmm. shape the shot just a little bit, you get hung up on the left, and that 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 creates a longer second shot because the hill just kills the ball, and then it gives you a hanging lie and. Uh, all that stuff. It's just using the land in that beautiful, subtle, kind of natural, simple way. And and some of the great moments in the LA Open were were players who did um, hit a poor drive, but hit a miraculous recovery. Robert Allenby hit a long wood in in the rain, and of course Dave Stockton had beat Sam Snead when Sam Snead was uh, 62 uh, with a 244 yard three wood after a bad drive. And of course now they're they'll be hitting. and and wedges this week but um that's just how far they carry it but they still have a little of that dynamic and you know the whole cost check equals the pga championship he got a little greedy he hit it down the right and clipped the trees and that was ended up being the difference in the tournament so it's um it's it's a it's it's an unusual hole because the rest of course is known for its bunkers and kind of its drama and then the 18th is just very much relying on the on the land on tv it probably looks kind of kind of boring but it is we know over the years it's created some some great finishes before i let you go i know you love your dodgers do you care at all about the rams oh john please of course i <laughs> you know how many years we did, suffered did you care about the left. ram did you care about the rams two weeks ago oh of course okay. oh yeah i all watched right. every game this year and i mean we knew this team was built um they went all in and it was really fun to watch um them pursue this dream knowing with the with the super bowl being here it's it's fun to see a team put together um, where they're gambling, and they know that the probably in a few years there'll be some rough years. But they wanted this, and they they knew the pressure was on them, and to see them pull it off, it was, that game was very typical. A lot of their <laughs> games this year, a little strange, a little bit. But but you know, by the end, they just kind of um, have just a little more talent and a little more uh, skill, and they uh, they. <laughs> They pulled it off, but no, we we suffered through 
other than, of course, the great Joe Pendleton Super Bowl win and heaven can wait, uh, <laughs> we, we, we suffered through a lot of rough years and a, and a, a crazy owner who then you know, traded Eric Dickerson to move the team out of town. So mm. for those of us who have lived here a long time, it was uh, a lot of fun to see uh, them do it and, and um, accomplish something that's uh, not easy to do when so many people kind of, uh, well, I, I guess a lot of people, I think a lot of people expected them to do what they did, but it's one thing to say it and another thing to pull it off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's our only Warren Beatty reference of the show. He is... Uh... Uh, yes. Jeff Shackelford, the name of the newsletter, the Quadrilateral, news from the majors. Um, Have a good time this week, Jeff. Thanks for doing this. Okay, thank you, John.